0: quick announcement before we get started with the episode today leslie and i will be in walt disney world or at least one of us will be from october 7th until october 12th if you're in the parks come say hi the easiest way to get in contact with us is to tweet at us at wdw deciphered so follow us on twitter tweet us there we'll be there at different times of the week but we will overlap so if we're lucky maybe we'll both get to say hi to you at once welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we start a three-part series looking at low, medium, and high budget Disney itineraries, helping you stretch your dollar further and enabling you to get the most out of your Disney vacation. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Lots of you have also liked our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, and we really appreciate that as well. You can also connect with us Disney Deciphered at gmail.com or by tweeting at us at www.deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies.
1: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
0: Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie and I have been talking, and, you know, we have been thinking that one exercise that we thought would be really useful for listeners is for us to kind of come up with different itineraries or trip plans for people who are on different budgets. This is going to be a three-part series. We're going to take a look at three different budgets, a lower-end budget, a medium budget, and a higher-end budget. Being super competitive, I told Leslie that I'm going to win and come up with the best plan. Um, she just took it as a regular exercise like a normal person. But this is our plan, and so we're going to talk about our low-budget Disney itinerary today. Leslie, are you prepared to lose?
1: <laughs> it's not a competition, Joe, if the other person isn't competing.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, I have, I have no comeback to that. I think you got me there. Before we get started, I did want to give a shout and thank you to Ashley M who uh kindly gave us a donation on PayPal. Again, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can always find us and support us regularly on patreon.com slash teasing deciphered. And there you can also find a link if you want to just make a one-time donation. Thank you so much, Ashley. And yeah, uh, let's talk about the kind of parameters that we discussed. For this low budget, you know, our parameters were a four night minimum stay in the Orlando area. We talked about doing a budget of $3,000 and that does not include airfare. That does not include getting down to Orlando, but it's $3,000 from when you get to Orlando. Um, and Leslie, we decided to focus on on-site hotels. Um, can you talk a little bit about why we decided to do that?
1: Well, I mean, to be honest, there's not necessarily major savings to offsite hotels for like sort of the most basic family of four kind of vacation, which is what we were working with. We're working with two adults and two kids between the ages of three and nine. So, you know, yeah, you can maybe save 10 or 20 or even 30 dollars a night staying off site but then you start adding in things like parking costs and transportation costs and maybe the hotels have a resort fee so just in terms of like keeping it as simple as possible we decided to go with the on site hotels where people can use the magical express to and from the airport that kind of thing but again we just weren't really seeing the savings for the typical family of 4 is that fair
0: Yeah i think that definitely came out as i was researching and i think the other th- reason why we decided to do it this way is normally if you're planning a vacation, especially if you're planning a vacation to Disney on a low budget, it often means that, you know, you're not going to get back maybe for a couple of years. I think it's uh, people want to kind of be in the magic. They don't want to have the magic broken and staying on site um, really helps to ensure that uh, I will talk a little bit about the end. I did do some research on offsite hotels. Um, and so we'll give some options there, but you know, for the main portion, we're going to focus on site hotels four-night minimum stay. And then the other parameter was we kind of took the normal U.S. average family of two adults and then two kids between the ages of three and nine.
1: All right. Well, let's dive in. Joe, why don't you start with your budget hotel choice?
0: I actually looked up two hotels, but let's uh, just focus on the main itinerary first. So um, the kind of final itinerary that I chose, I chose the Pop Century Resort, uh, which is a value resort. Uh, it's going to be on the new Disney Skyliner, which is opening any day now as we are recording this and will have opened by the time this releases. Um, so it's on the Skyliner. It has Disney transportation. You don't have to worry about transportation costs. In fact, I did not factor in any transportation costs at all because if you fly into Orlando, you can take the Magical Express to Pop Century and then from there you can take Disney buses or the Skyliner to all the parks. I actually looked for a specific week in the past. I've liked going kind of at the end of January, beginning of February. I've been in or around Disney World, around the Super Bowl, like multiple times uh, in the last few years. And that's kind of a good time because the crowds are lower um, and the weather, of course, is much more mild. And so Pop Century for five nights, uh, the week of January 27th, came out to $831.39 for the five nights. What uh, hotel did you look at?
1: So I peeked around at Pop Century as well because you know I do like that that new Skyliner, or at least I think I'm going to like that new Skyliner by the time it opens here. But uh, I, I actually ended up zeroing in on All Star Music because that is just the cheapest of the cheap right now. And as of right now, they still have the two double beds in the room, so it's not as great for families. That will be renovated eventually, and the rooms will be more like the Pop Century with the pull down uh, Murphy bed and then the the queen bed. So it'll, they will eventually have two queens, but not yet. So you gotta suffer a little bit on the bed on the bed front. So I was able to get five nights at All Star Music for six hundred and sixty-four dollars. And unlike you, I kind of I didn't pick as an exact week. I kind of poked around during lower crowd and lower non-peak periods to try to find just availability because sometimes I'd search for a date and like there just wasn't availability at a given hotel. But yeah, I was looking again in that those sort of low January periods, end of February before spring break. And also I actually looked in early May because sometimes that's a a little bit of a sweet spot on hotels after the spring break crowds dissipate, but before the summer folks come. 664 for all-star music, of course, you know, lose some of the creature comforts that that you've got at pop
0: i'm pretty sure that pop what i got was a rack rate which means disney hadn't offered any discounts at all do you remember if your all-star music rate had like discounts or was that rack rate for the dates that you found
1: Yeah, this was rack rate for sure. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I was doing my searching probably around the same time you were, and there weren't a lot of hotel promotions, at least right now at the moment we're recording. There was a 20% off fall special, but, you know, often the promotions are much better than that, you know, 30% off. Is available a lot of different times of the year. So we're at, we actually were doing our searching around a time where there weren't a lot of great deals. And
0: yeah, and we should pause here to say that you know you should always check the Disney website itself to see if there are discounts. You know, I'm predicting that they will have discounts in the spring. Um, Because I think even after Rise of the Resistance opens, uh, I still think next year is going to be softer than they want it to be, and they will eventually offer discounts. Originally, they didn't have fall discounts because they thought that you know Smuggler's Run and the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was going to drive up demand, but it didn't. So they ended up introducing fall discounts. So I'm thinking they're going to do the same in the spring. So of course, if and when that happens, you'll be able to save much more money um than what we said. Another thing that I looked into, but it didn't work for my particular dates. Actually, it did work. Um, But the next day I double checked and it had changed. But if you go to Kayak or Expedia or website like that, sometimes they will offer like a slightly discounted rate. So I actually found the same five nights at Pop Century for $736, so almost $100 cheaper on TripAdvisor. But then the next day I couldn't replicate it for a screenshot. So I'm going to stick with the 831. Um, But, you know, these are the kind of tips and tricks that you can use to save a $50 here, $100 there. Um, And so, you know, bear that in mind, although we'll stick with our... Disney rack rates for now.
1: Yeah. And I have to say, I, I was looking pretty hard at pop and I was not able to find that rate that you found. I, the best I could do was 919. You know, we obviously were picking different, different dates, but I do expect that pop prices are going to maybe creep up as the word on the convenience of the Skyliner gets out if it's a success. So yeah, book now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right. So let's talk about the big Budget item, the big ticket item, uh, whoops, no pun intended there, but I guess it was a pun. What did you do for tickets? Like what did you decide, uh, in terms of how many days and what type of ticket for this budget itinerary for under $3,000?
1: So I splurged a little bit on the budget in that I gave these folks four-day tickets. These are non-hopper, though, so I didn't let them park hop. But four days, I thought, for five nights was really going to be like eking a lot out of the vacation, even on a budget. I mean, I could have saved a lot of money if I had gone with the three-day tickets instead and sent the family to Disney Springs for the day. But uh, the total on that came out, too, and this is on the absolute lowest, lowest tickets that you can get at the lowest season, came, the total for a family of four was sixteen sixty seven forty. So that's a huge portion of our three $3,000 budget. That's more than half of our $3,000 budget right there.
0: Yeah, I went with a four-day non-hopper as well. And since I had specific dates, it was pretty low, it was almost as low as yours, um, but they came out to $1,701. we will talk about, uh, you can do a little bit better than that on tickets, but let's um, finish up the itineraries and then I'll talk about, there's a lot of nuances I've, I've secret weapons stashed for stretching my budget, Leslie, but we'll, I'll save that for later for you.
1: For the competitive portion of the show.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the portion where you think you're winning the whole way, but at the end, uh, I rise up to defeat you.
1: Okay. Well, thus far I have lower costs than you do on both the
0: hotel and that's the That's what ticket. I'm saying. I'm roping you in. I'm roping <laughs> you in. So let's move on. Uh, you know, after hotel and tickets, which are obviously, you know, this, that's like, 66, 70% of the $2,000 budget. You know, what do you have next?
1: All right. Well, food is the next cost. So I kind of broke it down into, into two different pieces. I broke it down into the meals that you're going to eat out as well as grocery delivery. And I think grocery delivery is a huge part of doing a vacation At Disney World on a budget, because that's where you're really going to save a lot of money on food. So I gave our hypothetical family of four a $100 grocery budget. I assume they're going to place an order on something like Instacart or Amazon Prime now and get some basics for their room, like some waters, some sodas, some cereal, like milk breakfast foods, and that they're going to just eat like something, some sort of a quick breakfast in their hotel every morning and save on that cost. So groceries are a hundred bucks. And then I budgeted a very lean $500 for eating out for the family of four. So that's a hundred dollars per day. And it's tight. You can't buy a lot of extras. You can't buy a lot of snacks. You certainly can't buy like sodas at every meal, but of course you have your grocery delivery for that. So, you know, it's definitely doable. Like I priced out a couple of like, you're going to have to eat at quick service restaurants, the vast, vast majority of the time, but it's super easy for a family to eat like a meal for like 40 bucks at some of the quick service restaurants, ordering like two adult entrees and then two kids meals.
0: Yeah, so I got really specific on food, so I'll go into that a little bit. You know, I too started with grocery delivery essentially for breakfast and for snacks. And because I'm super cool, I did my whole entire cart, which came out to exactly $49.82 because you get free first delivery with Instacart, and I had never used Instacart before, um, so signed up. But for $49.82, I got myself some cereal, which was overpriced, by the way, instant oatmeal, milk, string cheese, 18 chip bags, 24 Diet Cokes, the most important part of any good grocery order, and then half a dozen bananas and half a dozen apples. So I figured that is kind of enough to cover breakfasts. What I ended up doing was, you know, I wanted to, you know, even if you are on a budget, suggest some kind of bigger ticket items that people could enjoy. So I decided to do two things. So with the four-day non-hopper, what I actually recommend You know, I actually thought about this itinerary as what I would do myself is that on the first day, as long as you got there by like noon or something like that, just go to Epcot for the night, uh, the afternoon and the night and Festival of the Arts is happening and you can kind of snack your way around the Festival of the Arts, even get some alcohol. Everything's about five to $8 each. So I think $75 for that day at the Epcot Festival of the Arts is good. And then one other big ticket item, because you're going that first day to Epcot, I planned like an off day because even on a, Five night trip, I think it's good for especially families with younger kids to take a break from the parks. And so, you know, I priced out Cape May Cafe, which is a character breakfast buffet at Beach Club. And so that's about $150 after tax and tip for, you know, a family of four to eat and you can meet a couple of characters. And so... After that, you have about a couple hundred dollars left for quick service meals. But like you, Leslie, I kind of budget quick service meals at about $40 per meal. And so, um, you know, I had seven quick service meals for about $300. So, you know, that's kind of where my food budget went.
1: That sounds good. I think we kind of came at roughly the same place, although you were much more efficient with your Instacart. I, I've, I've used it before, so I don't get the deal.
0: Sign your 10-year-old up for something. Fair enough, fair enough. Use her email address. For those of you who don't know Instacart, you can pay like a $99 a year fee for free delivery all the time. But like I said, I don't use Instacart, so I wouldn't do that. If not, uh, if it's not your first delivery, it's like a three ninety nine dollars delivery fee. So Joe here cutting really quickly just to say that after we recorded this episode, Disney announced that they would be no longer accepting grocery deliveries at Bell Services, strollers and stuff like that too. So just a heads up, if you are going to be ordering grocery delivery services, you're going to have to meet the delivery person yourself, which means you no longer have to pay Disney a fee, but you should probably give them a tip. All right. So we've eaten. We have places to stay. We have tickets. What other budget items do you have left um, to close out our itinerary?
1: So I gave our hypothetical family for a very small souvenir budget because realistically, you're not going to get out of Disney World without buying your kids something. So I threw in $50, 25 bucks a kid. Parents, you don't get anything (laughs) to buy something at one of the stores.
0: I have about like $100 left in my budget for souvenirs. And of course, you know, obviously you can use it for food if you want, uh, or if you eat less, you can, you know, you have more money for souvenirs. So, you know, I'll break down every kind of line item in my budget uh, at the very end. One thing I think that we should note is it sounds like you and I did the same thing. Since we are staying on site, um we did not account for any money on transportation. That's kind of why I had... This hypothetical family or my family stay at Pop Century because the Skyliner gets you to Hollywood Studios and Epcot, and you can rely on buses to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. Um, but you know, I'm not Ubering from the airport. I'm not Ubering to the parks or anything like that. Uh, not taking a taxi, just relying on Disney transportation. That way, we keep the transportation budget, barring emergency, God forbid, to zero. Is that what you did as well?
1: Yeah, I assume that. Yeah, no Ubers, no no minivans, none of that good stuff. <laughs> it's how you gotta roll if you're on a budget.
0: For sure. So time for my secret weapon, Leslie. Are okay. you ready? Okay. All right. So here's my suggestion. I guess there's multiple secret weapons. There's multiple ways you can, um, add on to this, but the simplest secret, secret weapon is to get yourself a target debit red card. And I say debit because in general, I really don't love the idea of people going to debt and building up credit card debt to uh, go to Disney World. Get yourself a target. Debit red card. It connects to whatever checking account you have. Okay. You'll get 5% off of any Disney gift cards you buy. And then because of that, you essentially get an extra $150 to play with. So you're spending $3,000, but you have $3,150 to play with. You know, that 5% adds up when you're talking about thousands of dollars um, to get a little extra money. And like you said, Leslie, for your itinerary, instead of just having the kids get one twenty-five $25 souvenir each, you know, if you have that other extra $150 to play with, maybe you throw some Mickey bars in there, maybe an adult gets a souvenir and you kind of have more to play with. So um, boom. <laughs>
1: you know that I go to Target before every Disney trip.
0: And well, buy- well you, should have said, you should have said it. I mean, if you want credit for the idea, you should have brought it up.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. You can also get discounted Disney gift cards. Sometimes at Sam's club, Uh, they are and
0: BJ's as well. Yeah. All the wholesale clubs,
1: all the wholesale places. So there actually are a lot of options for finding a little bit of extra savings in the budget there. So yeah, good, good call, Joe. I approve. I approve.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Essentially those Disney gift cards can pay for every part of your vacation that we talked about, except for the uh, grocery delivery, because you can pay for your tickets with your gift cards. You can pay for anything in the parks, obviously with gift cards. And of course you can pay your hotel off um, with the gift cards as well. So, you know, that's just a great way to save. You know, I've seen it 8% off at uh, BJ's, I think. One time I was able to order without even having a BJ's account. So that was great. Um, so, you know, make sure you're looking out for that. You know, Disney gift cards are a great way to just get a couple extra bucks out of, you know, what you're doing. One other way to save money that, Leslie and I both like to do is using a ticket wholesaler like undercover tourist or getaway today. So for my particular tickets that I was looking at, I actually found them to be cheapest on undercover tourists. So for the same four day non park hopper tickets, uh, it was $1,592 and 88 cents on undercover Tourist, And so, you know, you save, you know, a little bit over a hundred dollars. So you have an extra hundred dollars to play with. Although, um, I don't want to get too nerdy. I actually did out all this math, but now that I'm talking about it out loud, I don't think anyone wants to hear it. If you're doing it through undercover tourists, you can't use the Disney gift cards to pay for it. So you don't get the full 5% on the 3000. I'm already like boring everyone as I'm saying. So you don't get a full hundred dollars back. If you're going to do the Disney gift card thing, it ends up being closer to like $70, but uh, I'll just shut up now before uh, I bore everybody.
1: Well, I, I'm going to take it a little bit geekier. So the other thing we should add is with, if you spend with undercover tourist, and you have a card that earns additional rewards, a credit card that earns additional rewards for travel that codes as travel. So you can sometimes get credit card rewards that you can stack already on those savings that you're getting. So, okay. Now we've like lost everybody. So yeah.
0: <laughs> the bottom line is though, <laughs> look at undercover tourist or getaway today or something like that. And we didn't plan on this, but we should disclose that. Like we just like, we didn't plan on this to be timed with the episode, but we just, uh, got an undercover tourist affiliate link, which you can put in the notes. Of course, we'd love if you go through that, but obviously you don't have to just go to undercover tourist. You can save over a hundred dollars on your tickets and you know, you can put that to the cost of your vacation. The only reason I see to buy tickets directly from Disney. Um, the only reason I do it ever is for convenience. Um, or if I'm running some other sort of scheme, but generally, you know, you're going to find cheaper tickets at the ticket wholesalers and like we said in our listener questions episode you know uh they're totally legit and you'll be able to link them to your my disney experience and get your fast passes and all that um and so you know we definitely recommend that you do that i think each of us had kind of some options like you can take this out or add this subtract that to you know, kind of play around with your budget a little bit. So I think we should close out with those. So Leslie, any things that you could add or subtract from your itinerary that uh, you'd suggest people do if, you know, like maybe they don't want to eat as much or they want to eat more or something like that?
1: I mean, maybe I'm a cruel parent, but I take the souvenirs out. <laughs> as much as we go to Disney, my kids <laughs> the extra dollars
0: right there.
1: <laughs> Sorry, kids. No plush Mickey for you. But, you know, my kids, honestly, they want to try the specialty food items because that's more fun to, like, enjoy that. They've got enough, like, stuffed Mickey's at home. So that's where I would play with it in my budget. And, and you know, just seeing your Instacart order, I think, I think I could definitely adjust the groceries down to be a little more like my kids basically eat dry cereal for breakfast at home. So that's what I'm giving them at Disney.
0: Right. And then for me, um, you know, one big thing, actually Leslie and I both talked about this, but, um, we're running late. So I'll just cover it. You know, you could also just get three day tickets. Those are around $1,300 on Disney's website, $1,250 on undercover tourists. These are for the dates that I was looking at, but they'll be pretty similar for Leslie's dates as well. As long as you're not going like on Christmas, which if you're trying to go on a budget, that's not when you want to go anyway. So, you know, one option is to do three day tickets, just not go to Epcot on that first day, like, I have in my plan, but still have that off day in the middle. Uh, you could go to Disney Springs on that first night or something like that. Um, and you know, that's saving a good $350 or so, um, which you can put to whatever you want. Another thing that I looked at was um staying off site. And this is what we were kind of alluding to at the beginning. The first thing I did was look for off site options that still gave you the 60 day fast pass plus window, which is in this budget category. Essentially the Disney Springs hotels. Um, and so I found the Wyndham at $110 per night and the best Western Disney Springs at around $114 per night, but they both have, they both have resort fees. So after the resort fees, the Wyndham came out to $675 and the best Western came out to $640. So you're really only saving like a hundred. $150 max on your whole stay. Um, and so that's why, you know, I say just stick with the magic and stay on site because the shuttles from those hotels are going to be much slower and you're going to have to find a way to get there or you're, you're going to be much more liable to use money for transportation. So to me, it's not worth it. Leslie, you looked into campsites as well because, um, you know, I know some people drive down and camp. So, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we peaked at Fort Wilderness, but honestly, I was surprised. It's not a super big savings. Like the cheapest campsite you can get the cheapest time of time of year is like 60 bucks a night. So, you know, you're still like. I mean, we saw we saw hotels for my All Star Music. The rate was one hundred and seventeen dollars a night. So and that's can,
0: straight roughing it, right? Like you got to.
1: it's totally roughing, and that's like using communal bathrooms and like setting up a tent or maybe having a very small RV kind of vehicle. But yeah, I mean, if you want to bring in like a real RV and camp there, you're going to be as paying as as much as you'd be paying at Pop Century, if not more.
0: Yeah, it gets pretty close. So it gets, um, pretty up there. Uh, yeah, if you want to have a sewage hookup, um, we're not RV people, unfortunately, but you know, I can, I can see how this can get much more complicated and much more expensive than you would expect. However, if you do like camp, like if you like camping in a tent, I hear that the campgrounds are pretty nice. You're obviously not roughing it like as if you were going to pinch a tent in like Yellowstone or something like that, which would probably be much more picturesque though. Um, and so, you know, if you're only paying $70 a night after tax and stuff like that, you still get the onsite benefits of getting your fast passes early, uh, extra magic hours and all that stuff. You're saving, you know, 60, $70 a day. If you don't mind living in a tent, then that's a great way to also um, save some extra money. One last thing about the Fort Wilderness campgrounds that I did see was they are pretty spread out as you would imagine. And so it takes much longer to get to, I think you have to take a bus to a bus um, before you can get to the park. So, you know, bear that in mind as well. All right, so let's end with a Disney do or don't. Um, since we talked about you know buying Disney gift cards, I think there's a very important Disney do, um, and that is make sure you register your gift cards at DisneyGiftCard.com. The great thing about that is that you can combine gift card values uh, up to a thousand dollars total. But the really really great thing about that is that if you for some reason lose your gift card, uh, as long as it's registered on DisneyGiftCard.com. You can transfer the balance of that gift card to another gift card that you have on you, or you can like buy a new gift card and transfer to that. Uh, I'll give an example. So I was at Alani and I wanted to use my Disney gift card balance, but I had forgotten to bring my Disney gift card with me to Alani. What I did was I bought a $10 gift card and then I combined my balance from my gift card that was sitting in my desk at home to that $10 gift card, which was for convenience sake for me there in Hawaii, but in the case where you say your son, I could totally imagine this happening, takes your 700, your gift card worth $700 and throws it in the trash or something like that. Uh, instead of freaking out, you know, you can just get a new gift card, combine that value online um, and, you know, way less stress. Even talking about this makes me anxious, but, you know, so it's a great backup um, if you're using gift cards.
1: Important tip. I'm anxious for you.
0: Yes. That is our... Lower budget. And, you know, we recognize $3,000 is still a lot of money. It's just, this is Disney World. Um, we did our best. And like we said, you know, we were staying on site. I think there are really cheap hotel options that are like 70 or $80, but all of them kind of involve needing a car and transportation and things like that. So we didn't get to that. But, you know, you can scrimp and save that way but you know i would suggest at disney world time kind of is money and so you know that's why we uh stayed on site but if you have tips for doing disney on a budget on a low budget especially we'd love to hear them you can contact us anytime disney deciphered at gmail.com at ww deciphered on twitter or on our facebook page disney deciphered uh we'd really appreciate uh, we'd love to hear your tips and uh we'd be happy to share them so uh yeah thanks so much Leslie. Uh, you know planning trips is a lot of fun uh i had a lot of fun doing this
1: no this was definitely an exciting exercise
0: yeah so we will be back soon with the moderate budget uh until then thanks so much leslie and i will see you at port wilderness campgrounds roughing it
1: thanks joe
0: (laughs) no i will not all right (laughs) good night everybody